On this episode, we discuss Pinocchio, but not that one. Sorry, I don't know if that left you any room to do anything else. I mean, not really. I mean, that's fine. That's good. You could do the joke this time. And welcome to the Flophouse with me, Dan McCoy. I think there's some problems with our with our AI Dan that's built out of recordings of Dan's previous episodes. Yes. We're just gonna keep going. Okay, yeah, let's uh, go. I'm yeah. Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalen trying to speak like a normal person. <laughs> How's he doing? Right in. Um, hey, we're we're uh our our podcast is about bad movies. That's what we do. We do uh movies that have had critical or commercial uh dismissal by now when you those say communities. When you say we when you say we do movies that have had critical or commercial dismissal, <laughs> we make them or, or <laughs> we're we... not now we are neither the directors nor the producers nor any of the above or below the line talent on these films, now, which is why we can to clarify roast them so heartily. <laughs> Dan is ref- uh, Dan is using the doing as in the theme song to the Ninja Turtles where it says Donatello does machines. Mm. It's not saying that he say has <laughs> sex with a automatic sperm extractor machine like I was uh-huh. just showing Dan before the recording. It's talking <laughs> that he spends time with them, uh, creates them, reviews them. I'm assuming. <laughs> no, see that's something the difference. You when think he d- does you think- when he says he does machines. I think it means he makes them, not that he does a podcast <laughs> where he talks about machines. Then I have not been paying attention to Ninja Turtles, if yeah. that's the case. I thought he just wrote, like, a column for Popular Mechanics. I know. I, I also want to confirm that Stuart did indeed come in and show me an automatic sperm extracting machine. Everything makes me think of her, case you know? people, you know, much like the list of Amity films, people think that that was a made-up <laughs> goof rather than a real thing. Uh, <laughs> Dan, are you in the market? Is that why? <laughs> Uh, I, I don't just, know what I thought it would cheer it. him up. I think Stuart just <laughs> happened to see it and... <laughs> Was like, hey, dude, take a look, look at this. I'm like, yeah, Dan, you that like looks robots? like it would. That looks like it would get the job done. <laughs> I mean, so it, and, considering and, that my hands can do yeah, it, yeah. I think that a, a high tech machine probably. Yeah, but can that also, machine could do it 24 hours a day. Your hand has to take breaks. Thanks, no, minions. Inefficient. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just acknowledging that I don't think it's a difficult uh, mechanic necessarily. The the stroke. Anyway, let's let's move on to non-masturbatory talk. Do you think that's what the crash test dummies from the crash test dummies TV show are doing now since they don't have a show anymore? That's their job? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think it's insulting to suggest that sex work is a fallback profession. You, you know you know what? <laughs> I realize I just said let's move on to non-masturbatory talk, but all talk in the flop house is by its nature masturbatory. Dan, isn't, of isn't a kind. All- is it, couldn't you say that all filmmaking and all artistic expression is just man masturbating to the idea of creation, something that yes, only yes. God can do? Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, a little peek behind the curtain. I've been working on a writing <laughs> a writing project, and I. Uh, you can I tell can't... us about your your erotic fanfic, <laughs> sure. No, no, I'm trying to I'm trying to sell a book. We'll see whether it actually gets anywhere. But I, I've been hampered in this by thinking all the way along the way, like, who needs this? Why, why? Why do I think I can add anything to anything? Oh, that's like, a dangerous thing to think. That's a dangerous thing for creators to think. Because the, the answer is nobody. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I started thinking about that with a I, – I was working on – so for a long time I was working on a novel. I don't think I'm going to be able to sell it anywhere. And I started thinking like, mm-hmm. is it worth it? Because it's filled like, with proprietary characters, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's called, yeah it's, called, it's called Mickey Mouse meets uh, – it's, it's called Mickey Mouse meets Godzilla – versus deep throat and oh, wow. i think so it's gonna be hard to sell but no the uh and i started thinking nobody needs this and like what's gonna happen with it and eventually all human culture will disappear when the human species ends and then the universe is gonna go yes, into the yes, eternal crunch yes, 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 and yes, there's just gonna yes. be no heat or energy anywhere so mm-hmm. dan don't go down that it's a slippery slope you shouldn't go down yeah, the, yeah, does anyone no. need this yeah what, yeah, what yeah. i would, what i would also suggest is think about all the times when you're sitting around and you're like man i just need something to waste away uh, some of the hours of this day. My life is, uh, you know, trudging along. I just need some more entertainment. And the piles and piles of content that is being shoved at me every day does not save that fix. So you can provide some more content, some more slot yeah. for mm-hmm. people to devour. That's true. There's yeah, finally. just That's not all. enough stuff out in the world. That's yeah. There the just problem. needs to be more. Needs to be more junk to be pushed, shoved into the maw of America. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, and now world. I just say Mall of America. The Mall of America is a great place. There's just you know, it's just a quality quality place to spend your time. There's an indoor roller coaster, but the Mall <laughs> of America is a hideous, unending, bottomless abyss. Yeah. You know. Well, as usual, masturbation has been followed by an existential crisis. <laughs> So <laughs> let's move on. Doing it right. <laughs> let's move on to the show, which is, uh, as I said, about bad movies. In September, well, you said we do bad movies. That's true. He's not, got not you there, buddy. We talk, we talk about, about them. them. <laughs> and in small timber slash small vember, we talk Thank about. Thank you for uh, recognizing my faith, Dan. Movies that are <laughs> <A> little <small-vember. laughs> smaller. And you might be confused. You might be like, Pinocchio, isn't that a big uh, Disney release straight to Disney Plus uh, from Robert Zemeckis? Bobby Z? <laughs> yeah, the famous Bobby Z. But <laughs> we're not doing that one. We're doing, um, you know, this is actually, it's Kismet. We are in a weird way hitching our wagon to another movie that appears to be kind of a critical flop. But uh, uh, It's almost and- like we're making a mockbuster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And this one, <laughs> this is a mockbuster of a podcast about Pinocchio, the Robert yeah. Zemeckis movie. Yeah. So this one is a rush. It started out. It was a Russian film, and it has been dubbed, I would say, indifferently into English, <laughs> mostly by a cast of uh, of Russian English speakers. But the the three major characters are American voices. Uh, Tom Kenny, who is obviously great, but uh, but, but a not couple in people. This. Not in this. He's, he's yeah, great but, in many other things. <laughs> in many other things. Couple like what? Of, Tom, what's it? What's he in? Uh, Tom Kenny. Well, yeah. he was. He's best uh, known he now as Mr. the voice Show, of SpongeBob. But, yeah, he's SpongeBob. Oh, cool. Okay. He does a lot of cartoon voices, but yeah, he was on Mr. Show, and he's he was on. You may know him from MTV's The Edge sketch is, show from okay. the 1990s. Okay. Normally a terrific voice actor. Here he is hampered by the fact that it seems like no <laughs> no one spent more than an hour recording their lines. And why uh, would they, Dan? To be honest, that's the right amount of time for this. And we've also got uh, John Hader as the as the horse, and Pauly Shore as Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. The natural casting for this, and I want to ask you guys: a grown man That's- voicing a little wooden boy. It's perfect. <laughs> but, now, but he is kind of a boy at heart. Pauly Shore is a figure that, like, I feel like people today would be like, "Oh, he must have made sense at the time." And I want to say, no, I never understood what the deal was. Can you guys explain Pauly Shore to me? Because he would be on MTV, he would be talking uh-huh. about how he is the weasel, and yeah, you're chilling weasel. with the weasel. <laughs> 
yeah. Early Weasel. Yeah. And I would watch it like, what is? <laughs> it was, and I, yeah, I remember when he was sued by Eli Weasel. Yeah, uh, for for copyright infringement. But I would be sitting there, young Dan would be watching Mr. P. Shore, <laughs> wondering. Where's the joke here? What is going on? What is happening? I'll tell Can you this, explain Dan. this to me? I'll explain it. His mother yeah. ran the most famous stand-up club in Los oh. Angeles. Right. And right. so she was very valuable to a lot of people's careers. And like many people who are successful in Hollywood, inexplicably, his family was involved in the business. And so mm. uh, if you've ever listened to an episode of WTF, you know that his mother, Mitzi Shore, ran the Laugh Factory, I oh, believe it was. of course. Right. And so the— uh, so, see, he, he was went that to the one that was uh, dramatized in, was it a Showtime show? Yes, I think it was called I'm Dying Up Here. Yes. Yeah, mm. yeah uh, and there's a good book about it, I think of the same name. It's about called The, the Bible. Bible. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, a good book about the comedy writer's strike, uh, the, the comedian strike, not comedy writer's strike. Uh, that's every 20 years, the comedy writer's strike, the uh, the stand-up strike of the, mm. at the Life Factory. Uh, but so, uh, he... I have to say, when I was young, I also didn't understand the joke. I still don't understand the joke, but it seems like he's trying to fill he's trying to fill the role that was filled by the animal houses of yore, where he's kind of like a, a party guy who's just like trickster rude spirit and trickster spirit. Yeah, yeah. And that came up, and so he was taking much like the Marx Brothers. He took the piss out of the military within the army, in uh-huh. the army now. He yep. took the piss out of. Uh, civil science. society with with son-in-law out of science with Biodome, much like the Barks Brothers did with horse feathers. And I feel like I feel like Biodome has had a little bit of a cultural reevaluation. I could be uh, giving it too much credit. I, but I feel like you're wrong about that. I, I could be wrong. Also, I was. I'm never. I've never been a fan. I don't. I, I want to be fair to him. Like I could see him. If you put him oh, as so a Dan supporting doesn't character. like Encino Man, huh? Dan doesn't like Brendan Fraser, huh? Oh yeah, mm, yeah. Suddenly, Dan doesn't like George of the Jungle or Dudley Do Right or <laughs> no, Blast I, from the Past. I am Dan says I'm the whales gonna the, flop. <laughs> the resurgence of <laughs> Brendan Fraser's career after you know he had a lot of bad luck, both physical and emotional. I'm Dan would watch the Brendan TV Fraser. show Fraser because he thought it was about <laughs> Brendan Fraser. Anyway. <laughs> I could see Paul Shore being kind of a good uh, second banana in something, but they tried to make him a, a giant banana, a major banana. But um, I, I do think that I guess— Dan, major he, banana has proudly served our country for many years. I feel like Will Ferrell is a better as a second banana. No yeah. offense to Will Ferrell. He's very talented. No, no, But I true. think it's it's he goes down a little easier when he's not the main character. I I can see Paul Shore sort of fitting into that— 90s surge of like extreme but also laid back Southern California feeling th- like he is like the Michelangelo from the Ninja Turtles. He what? is like yes. kind he's, of he's in if that he was tradition. gonna be a Ninja Turtle, sure. He's like sublime personified. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was you're right, there was a period. Did it start with Bill and Ted or did it uh, happen before Bill and Ted? Where there was this idea that like people who said like dude and radical and things like that and and talked like this were like automatic yeah. comedy and he does slot into that into that brief window in American time. The same way it was to the 90s what the hillbilly comedy (laughs) revolution renaissance of the 60s was i mean i feel like that was the main joke like that was what made fast times at ridgemont high classified as a comedy Mm. (laughs) because i remember watching it being like this is not funny yeah (laughs) there's this there's a sad (laughs) experience with abortion in the middle of it yeah i mean it was funny to watch the tv edit of it which edited the phoebe cates judge reinhold masturbation scene to remove all the masturbation parts (laughs) so it appeared as if this was actually happening in the world phoebe cates was seducing him. All roads lead back to masturbation um, at the farm. I will say one 
I will say a nice thing about Mr. Shore. Uh, I, I did a little research about this movie, and this is all based on you know like what people are saying on the internet. So who who knows whether so as much research as most people do for politics. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> but and science. But this this version of Pinocchio had like kind of some viral fame. Uh, particularly on TikTok, because Pauly Shore was just doing his normal sort of Pauly Shore <laughs> well, I, voice. I will say it's his normal voice, but with it's if anything uh, weird, like less human and weird. weird his intonations are weirder. There's a part right. at the end. Spoiler alert: Pinocchio becomes a real boy, and at the end they go, "Pinocchio, you're alive," and he goes, "Yeah, so what?" <laughs> or something like that. We're like, "Yeah, so I am," and it's like that's a weird read. It was just it was just yeah. a very funny read. Well, and on TikTok, I think they're talking about the yassification of Pinocchio. Like, Pinocchio <laughs> became sort of an ironic gay icon in the same way that the Babadook <laughs> did. Yeah. And uh, What's funny is the Babadook has now become a sincere gay icon. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah, like, it starts as irony, and then, and then unfortunately, I think due to the sad lack of of non like gay specific gay stories, oh, like, these things become real icons. But anyway, like, the uh, Pauly Shore embraced this wholeheartedly and with uh, like great fun, apparently. And I, I will, I will, I will say good, good on you, Mr. Shore. But uh, anyway, let's get into the movie. Okay, they, well, I, we'll put that so, in the cheers section. Yeah, <laughs> cheers to Pauly Shore for his reaction to the movie. <laughs> cheers to the movie. Cheers, <laughs> cheers to the nation of Russia that created the movie. Which, according to IMDb, one week after this movie was invaded released in Russia, Ukraine. Russia invaded Ukraine. <laughs> I have to assume as a way to escape watching Pinocchio, but oh, I want to, no. on a, on a serious note, I want to change the I news make, cycle. <laughs> we gotta change the, gotta change the narrative the away from Pinocchio, the true story. And I just, so I'll take a serious moment to say that obviously the flop house stands with Ukraine. The flop house yes. uh, abhors what Russia has done and what, and we we feel for both the people of Ukraine and the people of Russia who have been forced to take part in Putin's madness. Uh, if we say anything about Russia on this or the fact that we're covering this movie, don't take it as an endorsement of Russia or its actions. We obviously uh -huh. are on Ukraine's side, and every day that Ukraine pushes forward and regains land is a is a happy day in the in the Flophouse household. So uh, that being said, I did want to say it is surprising that Russia made such a bad Pinocchio movie. When yeah. I assume Russia makes crap too, but of all the of all the nations that can lay claim to a great filmmaking heritage, yeah. Russia is one of them. Like as great as the United States or Japan or France or uh, or um, any other any part of the world. You know, there's a mm -hmm. like a Russia helped create film in the in the yeah. 19 teens and so, and earlier and so it's like wow you guys forgot everything you knew about making movies huh well as long as we're talking about this like this does bring up the other thing that came up in my research which is that you know because uh Russia sort of didn't give a shit about copyright Pinocchio is a is a big cultural figure in Russia but like not necessarily through the original Pinocchio but through a rewritten Russian version and it is my understanding that this movie of Pinocchio sort of combines version like parts of the original story and parts of this Russian version. I don't know how now true you're saying that a is, Russian a Russian novel of Pinocchio that came out. Or yeah, Russian, they like they just rewrote it. You know, they just like did a they, pirated like this. Yeah. The same thing happened with Don Quixote, where Cervantes had to write us. He had to release the second part of Don Quixote early because all these fake bootleg sequels to Don Quixote were coming out. So Wait, that is that sense. true? Yeah, yeah. That's you know, awesome. That was back. There's, there's no copyright law in the set, you know, late 16th, early 17th centuries. But uh, that's that's probably where the background for Cervantes in the Soul Calibur series comes from. <laughs> 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 
Like for some reason, the character, the character of Cervantes, the author has ceased to write Don Quixote and is focused on his soul caliber abilities. <laughs> okay, so, let's. Speaking of this well, fucking story, let's just dip let's into dip it. Into unless it. you have yeah, something maybe, burning to talk about. Maybe, no, may, and maybe as we go along, maybe Dan, you can point out which things are from the Russian Pinocchio and which things are from the original Italian Pinocchio. Again, all right, this is from then. stuff I saw people say on the internet. Cool, so yeah. take it. Never with mind. Several grains of salt. So, so we'll Stu, turn yeah, to you if Pinocchio's- we need like IMDb goofs or some shit to jump in <laughs> <Yeah>. here. <laughs> okay, so the movie opens. We're greeted by Tybalt, a talking horse, who promises to tell us the <laughs> true by- story. Uh, yeah, uh, voiced by John Hader, right? Yeah, Napoleon Dynamite himself, John uh-huh. Hader, playing I, the talking horse here. I'm sorry, I know that we just got into it, but I just uh, quickly <laughs> the convention of saying like blank a true story I find <laughs> always annoying and infuriating where it's like okay so the the made up story that we heard before was incorrect here's a different <laughs> made up story what are you talking and about? Also, that is the true not, version and it's he not it's particularly true. different it's not like there's no magic or anything like in this one if anything yeah. it's more arbitrarily magic and I also feel like it's it's from movie makers thinking like okay this we we gotta admit we have to acknowledge that this is an old story that there's been several versions of before so we'll we'll set ours apart by being like you thought you knew it but here's the yeah they didn't want to say like the pinocchio the good version <laughs> but i <laughs> but i feel like in today's media world it is more unusual to see a faithful retelling of an old story than it is like what's our take on this so it's, yeah it doesn't even work as that anymore. Yeah, anyway. yeah. It's it's like now, how it's like how a lot of the '90s comics writers from England, like you know Gaiman and specifically Alan Moore, initially focused on kind of subverting the medium, but then relatively quickly realized that they just wanted to make stories that harken back to the comics they love as kids, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> when like he had an opportunity to make work for himself, Alan Moore started making America's Best Comics, which is really kind of like, uh, just like old-timey comics, rather than some <laughs> of the lazy comics that guys <laughs> who are uh, are uh, trying to make comics. Are uh, they like old-timey comics? I'm not sure I recall there's, no, with, old-timey with America's comics best comic. having... Like like Promethea just like diverging into sort of long. Well, here's the thing: America's best comic. It can be divided into three things, and it's good that we're talking about this in the Pinocchio: A True Story episode. But Alan Moore's long since defunct America's best America's best comics line could be divided into retro storytelling. Your Mm -hmm. Tom Strong, your Jack B. Quick. Sex storytelling, as in Cobweb, where he took old tropes and made them sexier, and then also uh, long explorations of the way his personal system of magic works, and that Mm -hmm. would be your Promethea, where for 18 issues or so, it would just become about each step of the Kabbalah's tree of life or whatever, you know. Um, But the art in those, you got to give it to him. Art was beautiful. <laughs> that was uh, that was what um, J.H. Williams oh, III. Yeah, that? J.H. Williams III mm-hmm. doing beautiful yeah. work as always. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now it, we're we're far away from this, but uh, since we're said Napoleon Dynamite play, is playing a talking horse, would you call him a gentleman bronco? <laughs> I I might I might do that. That of course uh, being a reference to a movie that the director of Napoleon Dynamite uh-huh. made afterwards, but not one that Jan- John Hader was in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. So your joke still counts. <laughs> it still counts. On the board. Give, me, give me half credit. I have credit. Okay. So, so going uh, back to America's Best Comics. Oh, God. Yeah. 
Well, this might this might make a little more sense for you guys. It's similar to how uh, to speak of another artist. It's similar to how some of the second wave black metal bands like Dark Throne, again, <laughs> when as lo-fi and as abrasive as possible, again, trying to subvert traditional heavy metal mm-hmm. tropes. But then nowadays have kind of harkened back to the stuff that they love growing up, more traditional, uh, new wave of British heavy metal type stuff, motorhead type stuff. Uh, so it's the same thing, you know. It's you it's know, all we're, about that. We're all we're all caught in the cycle of sort of like classicism and then things get more baroque and then they get postmodern and then they go back to classic exactly so. Well, so i think when you're young when you're young you feel like it's time to make your make your mark and so you got to screw things up and change them and then when you get older you get afraid and tired and you go uh let me just do stuff that i like that sounds like mm-hmm. i like and you can look at the same thing with <laughs> with martin scorsese his early younger works you had movies like mean streets and then later you have more run of the mill stuff like silence <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like, oh, I want to go back. To, I want to go back to the sto- the stories of spiritually damaged monks from J- in Japan that I remember from my childhood. <laughs> well, in a way, Elliot, <laughs> it makes sense stories. because I don't know if you knew this, but movies used to be silent. Oh, I did okay, not know so that. This talking horse tells us he's going to tell us the true story <laughs> while walking through a circus. By uh, the way, this talking horse actually talks, which yeah. like. Yeah. Early on, I thought like, oh, yeah, this no, horse duh. Is he said talking horse, Dan. <laughs> no, yeah. I know. Early but- on, I thought they just put Peter peanut butter in his mouth and he moved his <laughs> legs. Within the world of the film, this horse talks, which early yeah, no on, one I is thought, that impressed by it. Yeah, I thought that oh, this ta- horse is just going to talk to us, maybe to Pinocchio, but no, this horse talks to everyone, and everyone's aware that it's a talking horse, which makes the fact that this puppet talks. Much less impressive, especially because the yes. public, puppet, like, pu- puppet, sorry. People could think, like, oh, this is some sort of. Dan's peas are popping. Automaton that has been, like, this is a trick, or, you know. Or, Dan, this, could, this, is a, this is a boy with his skin painted to look like wood, which is what I would assume if I yeah, saw this exactly. talking puppy. This is a world where there is a talking horse, there's a fox man and a cat man yeah. just walking around, but everyone is so excited and impressed by a talking puppet that walks around. Yes. And at one point, doesn't Geppetto even say, like, you're the world's only talking horse? Yeah, very early <laughs> on, yeah. To me, just, this is way more exciting <laughs> because we can talk to this horse, we can ask it, Questions about what it is to be a horse. Exactly. You know, what horse life is. Like, and seeing something 100% unique, like the world's only talking horse. It's similar to years ago when I was in Barcelona and I visited the zoo and I saw Floquette de Nou, the world's only uh, snowflake for uh, non, uh, for you know, non-Spanish speakers. Uh, there's a lot of snowflakes, Stuart. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's billions of them. Trillions. Uh, <laughs> which is weird to name the uh, a, a unique creature like Snowflake, the world's only albino gorilla. Oh. I got to see him uh, in the zoo. It was amazing. I'm like, I'm looking at uh, the like a very unique creature that is now throwing its own poop at me. <laughs> uh, but he had gotten very tired because the zoo had been basically fucking this guy to death because they were like, we need another albino gorilla baby. Oh. So they had him, made him have sex with all these other gorillas. It's horrible. Uh, zoos are bad, everybody. Um, it was okay. like Marcello Mastriani and I think Sophia Loren in that one movie where she, to stay out of jail for selling cigarettes illegally, she needs to be pregnant. So she keeps making him give her babies uh, and, mm-hmm. he's, and she eventually uh, has sex with him to death, I think. Uh-huh. It's a comedy. What a way to go. Um, okay, so uh, we are introduced to Geppetto, a, what, a woodworker, carver, he's, old man? It's implied he's, he's an inventor of some kind because he has okay. glasses that have little lenses at the top that you can uh-huh. swing down like jeweler's loops kind of. So he's mm-hmm. just some sort of all-purpose <laughs> Like Dwayne tinkerer. Wayne and— uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he's, and it's Dwayne Wayne, the Leonardo of a different world. <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, Geppetto uh, has this little wooden boy he made, and he's trying to name him. 
he's interrupted in this process by a guest who is a magical fairy named Lucilda <laughs> who re- repays him for fixing her magic wand by magically bringing Pinocchio to life. Her reasoning is, at least it will make for an extremely interesting story. Sadly, that will not prove to be the case. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. <laughs> uh, she, of course, has a magical, I don't even know if it's magical at this point, a talking parrot. And this is where we get the title, of course, uh, splayed across, sprayed across the heavens. Pinocchio, a, a true story. Question <laughs> <laughs> mark, exclamation point. Okay, so uh, we have to assume that- Wait, now, guys, I just want to say, this isn't a true story, though, right? <laughs> I mean, it's tough because it says that, so you're like, I'm assuming it isn't. Like, they couldn't legally like, say that, right? The, the door is open the a crack, right? The door is yeah. open oh, a crack to say it might actually be true. <laughs> Could this be true? Could this, is this real? Um, okay, uh, so we have to assume some time has passed. Pinocchio is uh, stunt riding Tybalt the horse, um, in a series of various like flips and uh, trick riding techniques. And I hope you find this impressive because you're going to see this exact same series of tricks done multiple times throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, d- this being a true story, they didn't want to invent new tricks that he didn't really do in real life. They're tr- they're stuck with the catalog of tricks that Pinocchio and Tybalt actually performed in real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I'm assuming in the Elvis movie, he doesn't start rapping all of a sudden because he <laughs> well, never did that in real life. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like Joja Cat a, doesn't show up and rap a song. Uh, I mean, it is a Baz Luhrmann movie. There is a pretty anachronistic <laughs> versions of music in in it, but uh, he doesn't sing that weird opera song from The Fifth Element at some point, right? No, he doesn't do that. <laughs> that would be great, though. That's the num- That's his first number one hit. Yeah. yeah. By the way, if that happens in Elvis, that will be the best movie I've ever seen. Mm. I, I mean, I haven't seen Elvis, so I don't really, and I don't really know what the what the in, in, the factual inaccuracies are in it, but Dan, did you see it? What what musical anachronisms are there? Uh, I mean, I don't. I think it's less in Elvis's performance. They use a lot of like, you know, when he goes to sort of the the uh, the black neighborhoods, and I I think Nashville. I'm sorry, I don't remember exactly. Like, it, there's a lot of rap music that's played just to sort of or sort of mashups of older music and rap music, I, which is effective. But it's, but it's, Ac- it's just background music. It's sound, tr- it's, but it's not, or are people performing I, it in the street? It's not I diegetic. It's supposed to, diegetic. it's not diegetic, but it's also supposed to be representative of like what Elvis is seeing in this community. Like the idea that like this, I think it's trying to make an equivalence, like put it, throw us back to that time. Like what would be, sort of new and exciting in the same way I back see. then. The same I, way that, that de- in Deadwood, they swear a lot to give the idea of how much they swore in the West. But in the West, they didn't swear that much. It was just that they swore more than regular people swore. Right, right. Now, do you think do you think they, they play that kind of music because they want to represent that Elvis, his brain is operating at a higher level and he's hearing this music <laughs> and he is almost imagining the future that will be created, like the direction this music will go mm-hmm. many years mm-hmm. in the future. Dan, what do you think? What do you think about this movie I haven't seen yet? Uh, <laughs> could be. I also didn't want to say, like the Elvis performances, while not, to that degree, they are a little more rockin' than like the actual versions may have been at the time. Like, I mean, they everything's pumped up to to indicate like this. This was this is what it felt like. Wait, by the master yeah. of subtlety, Baz Larman. <laughs> yeah, 
Elvis is an interesting movie. Like I, I, it is. I kind of liked it. It's, 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 it's I mean, I haven't seen it. I was, I, I was assuming we were going to watch it for the podcast, so now I got to watch it on my own. Okay. Yeah, we, I'm, I'm predisposed to like Baz Luhrmann just because his name sounds like a character from a Dickens novel who is, <laughs> who like lives in a cellar somewhere <laughs> and has to do odd jobs for shillings, but yeah. Still. <laughs> Okay, so we're barely into this movie. Um, yeah. So he's stunt riding. Well, fortunately, to there's barely any movie there. So <clears throat> yeah, this is, of all, I was so glad watching this that Stuart was doing the summary because I wasn't taking notes, and this movie flowed out of one side of my head as yes. quickly as it flowed I into the, the same the experience. Other side. Like it slid off my brain as soon <laughs> as the light stopped, you know, hitting the light receptors. <laughs> um, this is a frictionless movie. Yeah. So uh, Tybalt and Pinocchio uh, wander off. Uh, we are introduced to Detective Brioni and his two uh, his two constables. Uh, yeah. are, and, and I guess looking set- for criminals. I guess <laughs> yeah, I don't quite know. It's not clear what they're looking for. Although Geppetto is very worried that they're going to see Pinocchio because I guess it's a crime for Where a puppet doing, to, to, to be live. alive, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, much much like much like Trevor Noah, he, was, he Pinocchio was born a crime. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's but Brioni is also set up to be like a buffoon. But by the end of the movie, we're supposed to I guess take him seriously as like a yeah. poli- like a, an officer of the law. And it's I, very strange. I cannot overstate how much. All of the line readings are strange, and with characters like Brioni, it makes a little more sense because this is someone acting in their second language, and I mean, like it's not inappropriate so much as they're just basically affectless at all points. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then you have Pauly Shore doing his Pauly Shore voice, but like programmed into an AI or something. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, so Brioni shows up and he interrogates Geppetto a little. And then he and his he and his constables hear the sound of gunfire and run off screen. We never um, find out what that's about. We never find out. <laughs> but what's weird is that Pinocchio and Geppetto have kind of a discussion or argument. Pinocchio wants to explore the world. Geppetto wants him to show restraint and be careful. But then they hear gunfire and Pinocchio runs off to investigate. <laughs> um Okay, so uh, we're introducing characters. We have a lot of characters to introduce, so now we go to a nearby circus where an evil ringmaster, Mangio Fuoco, (laughs) a.k.a. Papa Giaffo, uh, is uh, brainstorming on ways to improve attendance to the circus with a human-fox hybrid and a gun-toting cat hybrid. I guess the gunshots are from the cat, but but the, the constable never shows up. So I assumed that there was different gunshots that he was chasing after. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm just assuming this is a place, a, a lawless wasteland of gunshots, and everybody's fighting over the precious juice. Um, okay, the circus. You say the precious Jews? Yeah, uh, juice. <laughs> I mean, oh, juice. Oh, okay. <laughs> you are precious to us. Elliot. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. Um, based on the novel Push by Sapphire. <laughs> yep. With all, <laughs> with all, that's what you're saying is that I'm based on the novel Push by Sapphire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the gunfire. Uh, makes the horse that is pulling a, cir- a circus coach uh, <laughs> run off with the, the carriage. And uh, trapped inside is Bella, the ringmaster's daughter. <laughs> and Pio- <laughs> Pinocchio manages to stop the carriage with some careful uh, horse riding and keeps it's it from riding off the cliff. mainly sitting on the horse and going, left, left, yep. which is the direction <laughs> mm-hmm. away from the cliff. And <laughs> but, but in Polly Shore's patented sort of like half wine... <laughs> Turn left. Turn uh, left. It's so hard to do. Like it's like it's yeah. an unusual performance. Yeah. 
The uh, I my favorite thing about Pauly Shore's performance is the kind of weird way he p- pronounces Tybalt's name, yeah. his horse <laughs> friend father. Tybalt. Uh, okay, like the line that got a lot of play online was, uh, and I'm not going to be able to do it as well as he does, but it's just like. <laughs> But father, when will I get to see the world? <laughs> <laughs> so strange. It's it's pretty great. Um, okay, it's, it's weird, and also, and the character. It's because it's supposed to have my own. It's That's sometimes it supposed to be a yeah. It's supposed to be sometimes supposed to be a kid, and sometimes sounds like it's supposed to be like a real jokester. Japester character, but he doesn't really have funny lines. I mean, he sounds like what he is now, which is a middle-aged man. Like, that's yeah. what Pinocchio sounds like. <laughs> yeah, true. well, I don't know what a wooden larynx should sound that's like true. to him. Good point, good point. Air it's would amazing flow differently it can even vibrate. I mean, like, it should sound, I guess, like a clarinet, maybe, or an oboe. True, yep. Now an oboe, yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, Pinocchio has rescued Bella. Bella asks for the name of her savior, which of course is Jesus Christ. But in this case, <laughs> Pinocchio Jesus. explains himself. It's Greasy's jeans. Greasy's jeans. Yeah. Um, the uh, Dan, have uh, you heard the group loops? <laughs> now uh, this is when Man- uh, Mangio Fuoco and his uh, two henchmen show up. Um, the cat character immediately shoots Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> Pinocchio collapses having been shot, but it turns out his wooden body is impervious to bullets. In fact, there is no sign that a bullet hit him That's at any point. Mm-hmm. I would say that wood is one of the, the most <laughs> pervious of, of <laughs> One of the materials. most splinterable, yeah. <laughs> Mangio Fuoco introduces himself as also Papa Giaffo. He tries to convince <laughs> Pinocchio and Tybalt to join his circus, which Pinocchio is very excited about. Mm-hmm. Um they then uh, run back home. Pinocchio quickly convinces Geppetto to let him go. I thought this was going to be a much bigger thing, but in fact, Geppetto's like, fuck it, dude, just be careful. And he's like, okay, I will, but he's not going to be. Um, meanwhile, Detective <laughs> you said Brioni. said there's a girl out there? <clears throat> get on that. <laughs> yeah, hit it, buddy. Mm. Um, the Meanwhile, Detective Brioni is following the circus for some reason. I don't know if you guys caught it, but I don't think they've established there's been any crimes going no, on. They have other not, than, and they yeah. do not until 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 the circus is identified as a gang of criminals later in the movie. It, we never see any crimes taking place, and no one talks about thievery. I so think the detective just finds Pinocchio suspicious from moment one yeah. for whatever reason. Understandably, I mean, he is again, he is a soulless wooden abomination that is yeah, walking around true. and talking. So, yeah. So uh, the circus puts on a performance. Pinocchio Unlike does- Unlike the very normal talking animals that, that populate this world. <laughs> uh, gun-toting talking animals. The, um, <laughs> okay, gun-toting talking cat man. Uh, go, go about your business. That seems, that checks out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wooden boy. I don't think so. So the circus arrives in town and they put on a show for an initially very skeptical crowd. But then Pinocchio <laughs> does all the stuff. You wonder he did why earlier. they went there. Because one of the crowd goes- this is bad. I saw this show last time. And it's like, well, why'd you come again? Why, why you, you have to assume there's it's not much Russia. else There's not on. a lot. <laughs> there's not a lot have. of entertainment. There's the, uh, it reminds me of- And part of the entertainment is having something to complain about. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's fair. There's a there's an old story about, a, it was the 
well, I can't remember, 1840 or 1844 uh, election, when the one where William Henry Harrison was running. And one of the big stunts was that supporters of his had a huge ball made out of tin and they would roll it from town to town <laughs> and say, vote for William Henry Harrison. And people would come from miles around when they heard this tin ball was coming to see it because there was so little entertainment in the, in yeah. the world <laughs> that they were like, yeah, a huge ball of tin? I've never seen that. Let me spend hours I and be away say, from my farm when work needs to be done. I might see turn out for a big tin ball that someone's rolled into town. Honestly, how far would you travel for a big tin ball someone's well, rolled into far. town? far. You know, like, I, if I, look, if it was in Manhattan and I was there already for work, I'd be like, maybe I'll check out this tin yeah, ball. That's not the situation. This is, <laughs> most of Americans are still rural at the time. This is a day out of your life that you're spending yeah. to go see this tin ball. And you're not even seeing a tin cup. The hilarious Kevin Costner film. Uh-huh. It's just a big <laughs> They tin would have ball. to wait many years for that. <laughs> you yeah. have to mate, I, wait uh, over a century <clears throat> to see that film. Yeah. So, they, yeah, they had to go see the tin ball, and then they had to do their reaction podcast where they talk about <laughs> seeing the tin ball. <laughs> Today I'm here to review the tin ball that rolled through town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was big. It was made out of tin. I think I'll probably vote for William Harry Harrison, you know, Tippy Canoe and all that. So the, here's the thing about this circus act that I want to mention. I don't sure. understand this audience. So the audience, they see a trick that's not that amazing. He shoots okay. confetti out of a gun, and everyone goes, ooh. And then he the, the cat points his finger at something, and it explodes as if he shot it. And the audience goes, boo. I did not, <laughs> it does not make any sense. That should be the opposite reactions. The yeah. first trick, who cares? The second one, that's a great trick, and they Terrifying, do not like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I would um, run screaming out of the tent that I knew that that cat could possibly just explode things with his finger. Amazing. Well, also, also again, combining a talking horse and a talking puppet on the same bill, to me, dilutes the impact of both. <laughs> <laughs> they might well, just call it the talking animal show. That's you know? probably why Tybalt doesn't talk during the show, right? Uh, <laughs> no, it would true. be. It's true. He only <laughs> acts as a regular horse. He does not talk during the performance. He's um, like he's like Teller that way. <laughs> so, so it was called Pinocchio and Tybalt, and they would show how magic tricks were done, but Tybalt would refuse to speak during the show. Yeah. Now, uh, Pinocchio obviously is a huge hit. Papa Giaffo's like, hey, you got to travel the world with me. And Pinocchio's like, I'm fucking down to clown. Let's do that shit. And Tybalt's like, not so fast. And Pinocchio's like, I'm, he's, I'm, he's eternally <laughs> going around slowly on a unicycle. And Pinocchio's like, and he's I'm, sad, so he's always down. <laughs> The only way that Pinocchio is able to, uh, the only way that Pinocchio is able to able to convince Tybalt to let him uh, go on this world tour of being in a circus is he has to have Tybalt agree to be his father. <laughs> Tybalt is his new father, which was a weird this, turn of events, but not as weird as you would think. I would say this is my favorite aspect of the movie is that he goes, what about your father? And Pinocchio says, well, why don't you stand in as my father? And he goes, okay, Tybalt's really <laughs> flattered to be asked to do this. And throughout the movie- It's like Pinocchio, the rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> throughout the movie, Pinocchio refers to Tybalt as dad. And then later on when Tybalt is not letting him do things, he goes, come on, dad, aren't I supposed to learn courage? And I love and the idea of, Tybalt, of Pinocchio badgering <clears throat> his talking horse- to let him do the things that he wants. He's bullying him into being a dad that lets him to do things. I also wonder if this is maybe part of the semi-ironic uh, gay embrace of this uh, movie because <laughs> keeps saying while Pinocchio, well, yeah, Pinocchio's like, see, like the movie tries to make it seem like he's interested in, in Bella, but there doesn't seem to be any, any sparks there. Whereas like, there's this not. sort he's of like- wood. It could be very dangerous for him. It feels like this uh, daddy thing with the the horse is like 
kind of a kink, relationship. a kink relationship, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know about that. But then again, it's a true story. So they're, they're still yeah. close to the actual relationship between Pinocchio and Tybalt. And historians have have been, you know, rumoring about it for years, about what was really going on between the two of them. Yeah. And again, let me story. say, I'm not, I'm not, sorry, I want to say I'm not playing into the dumb conservative idea like well if, if, if someone's gay then maybe they'll be into b- sex with horses or like like I, I i apologize if it if it there's any chance that it comes off as that i'm just referring to these two fantasy characters <laughs> dan as- is not isn't dan is in no way equating being gay with bestiality he is only saying that in this specific relationship it is a gay bestiality relationship <laughs> between Pinocchio yes. and Tybalt that, that is, is not to that for, is not to in, in any way cast aspersions on other same sex relationships which are in, are as we all agree and this is me being sincere not a joke they are healthy they are natural they are normal and if they are the relationship that is right for you then they are beautiful uh, but Dan is just saying that in this one specific it, it just specific happens to be a gay relationship fantasy between Russian Pinocchio and Pinocchio the horse. adaptation. <laughs> yeah, this is their particular relationship. Now, you had mentioned you guys had mentioned Bella earlier, and this is her time to shine. She does a little tightrope walk thing and sings a song about like being herself or something. It's very Pink from the Greatest Showman. Yeah, um, she thinks about uh, how so, so few people know the thrill of of performing like this and being mm-hmm. in the stars or something. This this is her first shot, uh, mom spaghetti, etc. Um, <laughs> yeah, and she's not going to throw away her shot. Nope, and then nope. the and then mm-hmm. the cat shoots a gun. And yeah. uh huh, yeah, it's great. Um, and then uh, we get a she's montage. She's just like your of- country. She makes a lot of big mistakes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, we get a montage of successful circus performances. This circus is hitting it off, and a lot of the, the posters now feature Bella and Pinocchio. What a team! It um, seems strange that this this pretty lackluster circus with their their whole fortunes would be turned around by what's essentially just a boy doing horse tricks. But mm-hmm. hey, it's a true story. It happened. You know, mm-hmm. maybe yeah. that's just, yeah. that's what Russia needed at the time, or wherever <laughs> they live in Italy. They don't live in Russia. They live in Italy. <laughs> but that's what that's what rural Italy needed at the it's time. It's a very I guess. Russian Italy. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. let's just say that. The, sa- the same way that people look back at a lot of past, they look back at p- figures like Pauly Shore, and they say, how was that a success? How was mm-hmm. he star- How did he star in multiple movies? It's what America needed at it the was, time. It was our hero for the time. <laughs> yeah. So, so you don't Pinocchio, get the hero you, you deserve, but sometimes you get the hero you need. <laughs> like with a lot of performers that have to uh, perform in high-stress environments in close proximity, Pinocchio and Bella fall in love. Uh, but And Tybalt tries to convince Pinocchio to make the first move. Uh, which common fatherly thing to do. Um, Pinocchio tries to, but Bella drives Pinocchio away for fear that her father will use him to commit crimes or something. Yeah, it's um, not clear. I will say, so John Hader's performance as Tybalt, especially in this scene, this is entering when Tybalt is frustrated with everything that is said to him or going on around him. And he's mm-hmm. constantly exasperated in a way that I did I did find unintentionally funny. <laughs> I mean, I think that, that that's kind of John haters note yes that's true yeah so that's fair yeah uh pinocchio learns from the cat and the fox that there's a magic fairy who can turn him into a real boy so he's like maybe if i turn into a real boy bella will love me so uh pinocchio and tybalt uh set off on an adventure the end ha just kidding we got plenty of movie left i think i think he i think it was the clown that told him about Oh, theory, yeah, right? I think you're right. Because right. it leads up to, this is in the IMDb quotes section. This is one of my favorite lines in the movie as expressed exasperatedly by, by John Hader as Tybalt. So one clown said something and then another clown said something, but the real clown here is you, Pinocchio, because you believe them. 
Put that on. That's an actually pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sample it. Yeah, um, put it on a or put it on a piece of driftwood in three or four different fonts. Yeah, yeah. So they while they're on the road, uh, the fox and cat dress up, at, put on this like show to try and trick Pinocchio into and Tybalt into giving them their five gold coins. Was when this the, the trick first time doesn't we, work? They try and rob them. Was, was this, this the, the first, first mention heard, of five gold coins? Yes, I think so. Yes, because mm. Tybalt's like, what are we gonna do? We we don't have money. And Pinocchio is, don't you remember we have five gold coins? And I was like, did I miss the five gold coins? Like he. Says it like it's a big thing we heard about yeah, before, but yeah. I guess it's not. Um, so they they're about to give up when they find Lucilda's magic mountain. Um, <laughs> Caro Lucilda's parrot shows up and tries to scare them off by causing a rock slide, but they, they outrun the rock slide and jump over a closed gate. So I not sorry to interrupt again. <laughs> they already think there's evil spirits there because when the clown is telling about about Lucilda's mountain, he uh-huh. has a line that I have to assume was a translation issue where mm-hmm. he the clown says something like, "But but be careful because her pet her path is evil spirits." And I had to rewind it and watch again. I think I think there's a word missing there. I think it was meant to be like haunted by evil spirits or yeah, protected by evil spirits. Of, yeah, yeah, but it doesn't. I, so. Uh, I, I got to say, too, this is the part of the movie, like, some of this is going to be a thrilling surprise to me because this is where the movie, like, my brain really started to reject the <laughs> film that I was watching. <laughs> so they uh, they find Lucilda's, uh, I guess, like, castle or whatever, um, and she turns them away. She uh, She says that she can't turn Pinocchio into a real boy, and then after they leave, she's like, of course, in order to be human... You just have to be human, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, you have to like believe you're human, like 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 all it takes to be human just is to think it. you're human, and I'm like, well, "What?" <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to act. To, if you're humane, then you'll be. It's but it's the parrot is like, why didn't you turn him back into a boy? And she's like, eh, it wasn't the right time. And yeah. it it reminds me so much of the Wizard of Oz, a movie I love. But at the end, when Glinda's like, why you could have gone home this whole time? And I wish Dorothy had been like, yeah, maybe if you told me, how was I supposed to know? <laughs> Good looking out, Glinda. <laughs> I come from Kansas, dude. We don't have magic shoes there. I don't know how they work. So I never knew that if you click the heels three three times, that you instantly operate the go home. Home backup fail safe. You gotta look. It's the same the same way when you go to um it reminds me when you go to airport security and every airport has a different way of doing security. Like yeah. whether you put shoes on the conveyor belt, but the people there think that theirs is the only way. So if you put your shoes in a bin, they're like, shoes on the belt, like you're a moron who's done yeah, the yeah. stupidest Or when you thing go to a world. fancy restaurant, yeah, they're like, like have you ever dined with us before? I'm like, you're a restaurant, right? It's not gonna be <laughs> like you're not gonna like uh, pour the soup on my head or something, right? <laughs> yeah. It's not Glenda the Good Witch, it's Glenda the laissez faire witch. <laughs> Like, yeah. uh, oh, oh, oh. You figure it out by yourself, Dorothy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take a look at the mirror. Glinda the good but not great witch. Yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> Pinocchio uh, overhears Detective Brioni uh, uh, that Detective Brioni is, uh, is telling his constables that they want Pinocchio on suspicion of burglary. He believes <laughs> that Pinocchio, because he's the star of the circus, is the ringleader, which is weird because there's already a ringleader. There's a <laughs> ringleader of the uh, of this like circus crime gang. This is the first time we learned that there's been crimes actually committed. Yes, yeah. Um, then Pinocchio and Tybalt have an argument. It is very much the Shrek donkey argument. It is mm-hmm. no different. Don't worry, they're going to get back together. 
But they um, walk off in opposite directions. Walk off in opposite directions, which is a perfect opportunity for Pinocchio to get captured by Detective Brioni. But then before anything bad happens, unless you consider uh, Brioni's handkerchief being stuffed in his mouth, <laughs> before anything else bad happens. I mean, it depends on how dirty that handkerchief yeah, is. Yeah, that's true. It, I does, mean, there's it is no monogrammed. Situation. There's no situation where you want a handkerchief non-consensually stuffed in your mouth. Oh, true, you know? true. But like, I, if it's been heavily used, it's a different situation. Whether <laughs> it's, it's freshly laundered. Oh, look at Brioni. You know he's he's he just pouring snot into that thing. There's no <laughs> way he just. There's no way he's uh, a gentleman about it. Yeah, you know? he, he's like a character from Midnight's Children. Um, <laughs> uh, so that he works at a pickle factory. <laughs> Yep. Uh, So uh, Tybalt shows up and saves him by kicking all the cops into a tree. It's very exciting. Then they leave. Um, (laughs) Tybalt then decides to go. They split up again. Tybalt Tybalt says that he has some kind of mystery project to go on, but Pinocchio should wait here. Pinocchio immediately disobeys that, uh, disobeys his horse father to go. (laughs) Very realistic boy behavior. Very realistic boy his age behavior to immediately run off. When his horse father tells him, stay right here. Horse fathers, starring the Marx Brothers. (laughs) As as soon as Pinocchio is separated from uh, Tybalt, he is again captured, this time by Mangio Fiocco, uh, and gets thrown into a cell along with his actual father, Geppetto, who had had gone looking for Pinocchio and then had gotten captured by uh, Papa Giaffo, a.k.a. Mm. Mangio Fiocco. Um, what is this, an Altman movie? So many yep. characters to Mangio, follow. So many Mangio Fiocco uh, demands uh, Geppetto create him an army of wooden boys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Geppetto's like, well, they won't be alive. And he's like, you better make them alive. Um, uh, Tybalt then runs into Bella while uh, on his secret mission. And he learns the situation. And he's also like super mean to her as if it's her fault. It's really weird. Yeah. Um, but then he sees that she's got a matching uh, handkerchief to the one that was stuffed in Pinocchio's mouth. How's that going to all play together? Uh, Tybalt comes up with a scheme with the rest of the circus troupe uh, in the middle of the circus performance because, of course, the show must go on, right? That's what they say, right, Dan? Um, uh, they do say that, some of them. In the middle of the performance, uh, <laughs> all of a sudden they sing. All the f- performers who are not the two henchmen and Papa Giaffo uh, sing a song explaining Mangia Fiocco's thieving and establishing the does, their innocence. The song does not rhyme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess that this is the way that they're like imparting the information without drawing attention to themselves. In, like, like, I mean, but they're literally but performing they're literally in the middle of a circus. Singing. Like they could, they're drawing they, so much attention. They could just as easily just whisper it to a police police officer if they're afraid of being caught i don't know no but they they i think they know what they're doing they want to publicly humiliate my uh, yes. and it's the um, thing where if everyone knows if everyone knows publicly and everyone knows they said it then if anything happens to them uh, yes, yes, yes. everyone will know who the culprit record. was okay i've changed yeah. my entire opinion of the film um yeah so then uh in the uh, <laughs> it's a, in the it's a it's a tightly wound puzzle box that in the ensuing re- chaos repeated viewings <laughs> in the ensuing chaos mangia fuoco starts a fire Pinocchio is trapped in the burning tent. Uh-oh. But Tybalt saves him, and then Bella kisses him, which transforms him into a real boy. Uh, Brioni then apologizes. Lucilda shows up to remind Pinocchio that she told him how to be a real boy the whole time, and you're like, what? <laughs> uh, and then there's a big reveal that Bella is actually Detective Brioni's missing daughter, purchased by Mangio Fuoco from uh, the kidnappers. And then uh, he gives up his life as a police officer to run a circus, which I think is a win. That's a W, right? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. 
Is that the end? That's the end. We did it. Okay. That's, that's the, the end. point. It's a which, true story. You can't add any other stuff. I yep. also, like, I was watching this. I was so tired. And then as soon as the first credit rolled, my brain said, well, you're off the clock. And I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if anything, Dan, that's better than some other movies where you fall asleep no, during know, the film before the credits are all. Yeah. Um, so, so what you're saying is Pinocchio, a true story, really captured your attention and kept you away. Yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, yeah, more than, what was it, RoboCop was one of them? Anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, but I was sick. Ironic, that. really. Um, hey, is this, a, this is where we do final judgments, whether this is a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie we kind of liked. I will say this is a, a bad, bad movie. Uh, there is so little to it. All of the characters' dialogue is basically just sort of explaining the next thing that they're going to do uh, in the least with the least energy <laughs> that you can imagine, <laughs> and no one has any particular character motivation. Really, like unlike in other versions of Pinocchio, Pinocchio doesn't seem to care about being a real boy. He just wants to see the world, and he does that so early in the film that he just seems like such a passive protagonist to me, and everyone else in it seems pretty passive as well and i would recommend maybe looking up little clips of this on on the internet because paulie shore's vocal performance is bizarre to see coming out of pinocchio but i don't know just watch the trailer you'll probably get enough of it <laughs> the trailer <laughs> really what, gives you the full effect <laughs> yeah that's what i have to say what do you guys have to say uh i might say i would say this is uh close to a good bad movie it's uh I mean, it is full of very silly line readings. The animation is terrible. Uh, it doesn't make a ton of sense. It isn't. It is over ninety minutes, which feels like a shame. Like trim it down. Follow Amityville and Space's model, please. To, to twelve minutes, a tight twelve. Uh, yeah, you might get more out of just the trailer, but there it is very dumb and silly. So if you're doing like a bad movie night and you like watching bad animated movies, I think this one's uh, right up your right up your alley. Yeah, I think I agree with Stu and Dan both. I think it's kind of on the on the borderline. If you're watching this on your own, please God don't. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's a bad bad movie. But if you want to watch a a very a, a, a shortish uh, animated film that is not good and laugh at it, uh, this is going to be less painful than say like Food Fight, which is mm. a which is a, a you know like throwing dirt in your eyes. You know, but Food Fight is consistently wild. That's like, true. There's so much strange stuff. Like this is put that on the fucking is, box. Yeah, this such is such a, a no, nothing. Of it's a such film. a low energy story. It's a very low energy. And I have to admit, my uh, my younger son has recently become very obsessed with the original Disney Pinocchio, the 1940s one. And mm -hmm. so we've been watching that a lot at our house. And it is such a gorgeous movie. Uh, like the animation is so beautiful in it, and it has such real. It's it's such an intense movie. So to what so to be watching that movie at the same time watching this one, that movie is so intense and so like vivid and scary. And this one is and has funny parts. And this movie is just kind of like it feels like they they were waiting for people to fill in the stuff. Like they're this is this is the earliest draft before they put the the funny things and the scary things in. But uh, that it's it just really yeah, it's like just a real nothing of a movie. So I would say also watch the tra watch the trailer if you have any interest in it and you'll pretty much get it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, hi. I'm Dave Holmes, host of the Pop Culture Trivia Podcast, Troubled Waters. On Troubled Waters, we play games like motivational speeches. And it goes a little like this. Riley, give us an improvised motivational speech on why people should listen and subscribe 
to troubled waters. I look around this ad and I see a lot of potential to listen to comedians such as Jackie Johnson and Josh Gondelman, and they need you to get out there and listen to them attempt to figure out Sound Reba's clues or determine if something is a Game of Thrones character or a city in Wales. I have chills. I'm gonna give you 15 points. All that and so much more on Troubled Waters. Find it on MaximumFun.org or wherever you choose to listen to podcasts. Hey there, beautiful people. I'm Travel Anderson. And I'm Jared Hill. We are the hosts of Fanti, the show where we have complex and complicado conversations about the gray areas in our lives, the things that we really, really love sometimes, but also have some problematic feelings about. Yes, we get into it all. You want to know our thoughts about Nicki Minaj and all her foolishness? We got you. You want to know our thoughts about gentrification and perhaps some positive? question mark Uh aspects of gentrification we get into that too every single thursday you can check us out at maximumfun.org listen you know you want it honey so come on and get it (laughs) period let us move along to our sponsors uh the flop house is sponsored overwhelmingly by the kind uh uh givings of our members (laughs) Who gives you maximum fun and their leavings? Org. The givings and their leavings. <laughs> yeah, uh, please don't send us any leavings. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we also have a few uh, other sponsors. One of them uh, this week is Squarespace. Uh, it's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. Your products, content, content you create, content you create, even. And even your time. And uh, yeah, I've used uh, Squarespace. I made my own website with it. I found it very easy to use. You can stand out in any inbox with Squarespace email campaigns, collect email subscribers, and convert them into loyal customers. Use insights to grow your business, learn where your site visits and sales are coming from, and analyze which channels are the most effective. Sell your products On an online store, whether you sell physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. So why not go to squarespace.com slash flop for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code flop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. And uh, now we have a Jumbotron, read by me, friend of the Flophouse, Werder Herzog. Yeah, yippee. Oh. Oh, hello. Uh, so happy 40th birthday to a great Werner Herzog aficionado, X-Files connoisseur, and biggest Jurassic Park fan there is. Thank you for five years of unconditional love and support. Also, I never would have discovered Max Fun and the Flophouse without you. So hooray. Let's make pretty new animal friends on our walks together. Schön, das es dich gibt. This is from Nebel from Ann. Oh, danke. So, so schön. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, it's me, Stuart. Wow, Werner Herzog was just here reading a great wow. message. Oh, that's amazing that. how, how we managed to get him. Uh, you know, it's a Jumbotron. He'll do anything for a buck. Do you have any Jack Reachers for me to oh, be yeah, in? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate that Jack Reacher. He's such a jerk. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, pardon my French, Jack. Pardon my Deutsch, Jack. Uh, Jack Vicha, but you're a real Ein Bozo. <laughs> uh, hey guys, before we move on, I just want to say I have something to promote. Boom! This episode of the Flophouse is not sponsored by me, but I'm saying it anyway. Um, as you may know, I have a hit comic book series from Aftershock Comics. It's called Maniac of New York, Volume One: The Death Train, and Volume Two: The Bronx Is Burning are available in collected forms now on comic book store shelves, and it was just announced this week. I'm doing volume three. That's right. December 7th will be the first issue of The Maniac of New York, Don't Call It a Comeback, the third volume in the Maniac of New York series. All your favorite characters are back. The Maniac, Gina Green, Zelda Pettibone, Mayor Demanzio, Lena Petrella, all your favorites. But and Elliot. Yes. Surely the Maniac can't return. Uh, why is that, Dan? Is it because Gina Green burned him to a crisp and then stabbed <laughs> him through the face with his own blade at the end of Maniac of New York, Bronx is Burning? Spoiler alert. <laughs> Well, yeah, I didn't want to give spoilers, but it seemed like uh, such a definitive end for well, a maniac. Yeah, then perhaps you'll be surprised by the threat in Maniac of New York. Don't call it a comeback. Dan, don't call it a comeback. He's always been here, which is the scary part. But you'll find out. I think you'll be a little surprised and a little intrigued by what happens and who the new question mark threat is. You may you may have heard some noise in the background. I just want to say that's because Stuart, we were, we were vamping ah! while Stuart... <laughs> Cleverly tried to sneak out to get himself, I guess, uh, some some seltzer. Uh, the floor seltzer, which apparently. he then immediately dropped all over the floor, <laughs> cleaning up uh, behind me. My character trait is clumsy. Uh, yeah, like a hold can. So yeah, Dan. You know what? I, I can't see it from where from where the camera is. So can you give me paint me a word picture of this mess of seltzer? This is all going on the podcast. Well, right? yeah, it is. Uh, it's a pink grapefruit seltzer. He, uh, it's a, a Schweppes brand. Uh, get out of Schweppes uh, for sponsoring. It's all over. He dropped it all. He can't tell us. In. I mean, this it's it's rare that we break news live on the podcast. So yeah, tell us more. Yeah. Tell us more. He came back in with uh, the. The paper towels and the paper towel holder, which he also immediately <laughs> dropped on the floor, <laughs> along with my Criterion edition of Miller's Crossing, a Joel and Ethan Cohen film. That all uh, the audience, the, the fans are not going to like it if, when I say this, but of all the Cohen Brothers Criterions to drop, that's the one I would drop on the seltzer too. Really, it's wow. just not my favorite. I never oh, connected one to my, it. One of my favorites. I think it. I think it was not one that I liked initially, but grows more for me every time. Um, but now, now the floor at least. Is very clean because we all because know of, the cleaning <laughs> powers of seltzer. I mean, usually and, and, and the soaking up abilities of the Miller's Crossing Criterion oh, DVD. Oh, fuck! What sorry, did I miss? A, a create. Uh, I want to. I want to. I want to issue a correction. Rather, uh, he had had a pink grapefruit earlier, but the one he dropped was a black cherry seltzer. Yeah, I guess <laughs> okay, that's a harsh you. review. <laughs> um, <laughs> a harsh review of Stewart's ability to carry drinks, which is not great <laughs> since that's. Part of his profession. Part of my profession. So uh, just to pull back the curtain, uh, <laughs> I worked last night. I did a night shift last night. I, d I don't work nights very often anymore. So I worked until 4 a.m. Uh, and I didn't get much sleep. And I am not not doing well, guys. Yeah. And that happened to be on the day that we're doing our earliest had recording. Early because, long, because of some family while. stuff I had. No, but Stu, you're doing great. You did a great summary. And uh, Dan, yeah. you're doing great too. So Yeah, I mean – but, I mean, obviously, it's nice for you to say I'm going to have to wait to uh, wait until next week to hear how I did on the peach pick. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't. I feel now, like they won't be quite as kind who's as you. Giving you that review is it yourself as the host of that? Uh, 
and whatever hot guess uh, I managed to uh, <laughs> sure. I managed to yoke in there. Um, let's move on to letters, which are from listeners. We've listeners been using like letters you. this whole time, Dan, to create the words we're speaking. That's true. We're soaking it. Um, but this first letter you're, is from, you're soaking in seltzer, I believe. <laughs> that's true. This first letter is from Sarah, who writes, "Hey, peaches, I come to you with a dire warning." Do not be tempted by the siren song, or rather, siren's movie poster of Noah's shark. I love shark movies, good and bad, and my good friend recently suggested I choose one to watch that we hadn't seen. I cast a wide net into the sea of streaming movies, and when I saw the title and the premise, I chose Nora's, Noah's shark. Not <laughs> Nora's, Nora's shark. Nora's shark about a little girl and the shark she comes to love. Nora Sharkron. <laughs> Sharkron? <laughs> anyway. Uh, my dudes, shark. My dudes, while there are indeed some charmingly bad effects, they don't make up for the fact the premise is never delivered upon. It's just some priest dude wandering through the woods looking for evidence of the Ark. Nary a shark versus elephant, shark versus lion, or shark team-up match with Noah is even hinted at. Anywho, if you ever had to stock a boat with two of each type of animal movie, which would you pick? I guess since there's a gajillion species, maybe... Each pick one animal as an example. Thanks and be well. Sarah, as a cat fan, a cat yeah. fancier, if you will. Mm-hmm, uh, sure. <laughs> I, I'm going to stake a claim to Cats and the Cat. <laughs> a beautiful double feature. One with horrific post-apocalyptic cat human singers. And one where a puppet cat fights an alien who's... Uh, you know, gonna do bad things to the world, and a dog who is also who is a good dog. Good dog. <laughs> okay, so you got a, a bonus sick. dog in there along with yeah. your two cats. Uh, do you guys have answers for this? Uh, two of a uh, an animal. Sure, movie yeah, yeah. To stock uh, the ark. Fuck it, why not? We're doing. Uh, we're doing. I'll be doing alligators, so I'll do uh, Lake Placid <laughs> and uh, Gator, starring what Burt Reynolds. No crawl. I, 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 don't, <laughs> I don't think there's an actual alligator in Gator, is there? Uh, what? <laughs> uh, crawl rules too. Sorry. Uh, actually, I might swap out Lake Placid for crawl. Yeah. Not <laughs> crawl. The gator stays in. Not crawl, which again has no alligators, just like gator, I believe. But maybe gator has a gator in it. Okay. Burt uh, Reynolds is pick... sort of a gator of a man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. R.I.P. to a real one. I was thinking about I was thinking about the kinds of animals that didn't make it onto the ark, and I wish they had. So I was thinking about dragons, which of mm. course, like dinosaurs, went extinct because they couldn't fit on the ark and therefore drowned during mm-hmm. the during the deluge. Too chonky. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Noah said Noah had a sign that said, "You must be less chonky than this to get on the ark." <laughs> and the elephants were like, "Phew, just made like, it. that's just a picture of uh, Godzilla two thousand, <laughs> <laughs> the least chonky of the Godzillas." <laughs> Uh, and so, uh, yeah, that that really was the least chonky of the Godzillas. Yeah, it's if anything, such a bummer. I'll, and I, you know, what? I hate to, I hate to size shame anybody. The new Godzilla, longtime listeners know, I find a little too chonky. But it's and probably I just because he has that stubby right. face. Stub, <laughs> yeah. but, the, the, but the the Emmerich Devlin Godzilla, wait, un, too thin, too thin, dangerously yeah. unthin, unhealthy, a bad role model yeah. for young monsters everywhere. But uh, modern Godzilla can throw that shit back, baby. <laughs> I, but Stuart I, I loves that thing, Godzilla. 
the classic Godzilla, who I think is just the right size. Uh, so uh, it's a real Goldilocks situation, or Godzilla locks. But I, the animal <laughs> I was going to choose was, again, dragons. Dragons are an animal I wish had survived the flood, but as we all know, they didn't. That's why we just find their bones every now and then. Mm-hmm. And I would choose Dragonheart, because you need a wise old dragon, voiced mm. by Sean Connery, and oh. Pete's dragon, because you need a goofy, screw-up dragon <laughs> who's dragon. gonna cause trouble. You need mm-hmm. and, and two of them I think will equal one good dragon. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh Elliot's theory of <laughs> I don't dragon. Balance, <laughs> and you pick Pete's dragon, of course, because the goofy screw-up dragon's name is Elliot, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I have to protect Elliot's. That's the way. That's why yeah. if there was a deluge, I would, of course, take Pete's Dragon. I would take Elliot from E.T. I would take Elliot, the Michael Caine character from Hannah and Her Sisters. I would take Elliot, but not Beverly in uh, in from Dead Ringers. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're both Jeremy Irons. I only need one Jeremy Irons on the boat. Uh, and, you know, other Elliot's I would take on, too. You yeah. Know? And this is an important point because a lot of people, of course, think that the name of the dragon and Pete's Dragon is Pete. But, of course, Pete, Pete, it's a, it's a possessive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The dragon it's not, is not it's, owned it's by not Pete. You can't own a dragon, but this is yeah, the dragon that Pete found. It's not shortening it, Pete is the dragon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah or, or his name, <laughs> Pete S. Dragon. That's not what it is. Yeah. yeah it's, the like stands for fucking, Stewart. it's like in fucking Legend of Zelda. You're not Zelda, dude. You're Link. Mm. Oh, I had a very, I had a very frustrating conversation about this very topic with John Hodgman recently. That uh, that uh, Max Fun contributors will find out about when our prisoner podcast, Be Potting You, <laughs> comes out eventually. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we had a long talk about that. Uh, I mean, it's possible he's just quoting a a bit from. Uh, oh, I wish I could remember her name. She's a very funny uh, uh, writer for Colbert. I think she might be the head writer now. Where she oh, claims uh, that Gracie Zelda Allen. is is the is the hero. Zelda's boy. Yeah, it's a it's a troll that she does <laughs> for oh, I see. for for men on the internet, and it's pretty funny. Um, I apologize for not recalling the name of that person who Mom's I have met blood. and is very nice, but I can't recall. Um, this next letter, <laughs> and you're not going to try, and you're not going to do the research either. Uh, I could. I mean, it would just no, take Dan. We've got to keep moving with the flop house. The... We already took a lot of time for the seltzer incident. We got to keep <laughs> it going. Would s- slow things down, but uh, um. Maybe I'll look it up and I'll bring it in later on while one of you guys are talking. Uh, hey, don't listen to us. <laughs> why would I start now? <laughs> this is from Lawrence, last name withheld, who writes... Lawrence, a person, or Lawrence, Kansas, the town? Uh, I, I can only assume the whole town got together to oh, write this great. letter to it's us. It's a nice place. Ariel Dumas. That's that's the name, Ariel Oh, Dumas. yeah, yeah. Um, Stuart... You Descendant, recent- I have to assume, of the Dumas of Three Musketeers fame. Mm-hmm. One can only hope. Uh, Stuart, you— Candy bar fortune. <laughs> you— <laughs> Stuart, this is directed— it is, it is a strange thing. I will say this. It is how many candy bars are based on 19th century novels? Not that many. <laughs> Man in the no. Iron Mask. <laughs> I mean, and they stopped making the, the Oliver Twist the licorice. Wrapper. <laughs> yep, the crackle and the Iron Mask. <laughs> it's oh. so hard to open that Iron Wrapper. That's why it went out of business. <laughs> And of course, there's Mr. Goodbar based on looking for Mr. Goodbar, the <laughs> Diane Keaton. Oh, it was it was a weird movie for them to do a candy tie-in. <laughs> uh, Stuart, you recently talked about wanting to host a show on Warhammer Plus. Yep. Is this the offer? How are you going to host? <laughs> Is the Godfather going to get made? How are you going to host a show on Warhammer Plus when you guys spent a whole show talking about a dude named Greasus, and you didn't once talk about Greasus Goldtooth or the Ogor? Ma tribes? Uh-huh, yep. You can't be missing T-balls <laughs> like that and expect to be called up to the big leads. Regards, Lawrence. P.S. Stewart, 
Please explain the Adaptus Mechanicus to Dan and Elliot until they make you stop. Can we make him stop before he starts? Is that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I haven't even had a a chance to talk about my personal Greece's Gold Dude story. (laughs) (laughs) Do that. So I remember when I was. Why don't you do that instead of explaining anything about the the Adaptus Mechanicus? Do you want me to talk about it? I'm intrigued by who Greece's Gold Tooth is. At least just give us the (laughs) basics of that. So years ago, uh, when I was working for Games Workshop, I remember when they introduced the uh, the Ogre Kingdoms at the time, which has now become the Ogre Maw Tribes for Age of Sigmar, uh, which was the first brand new Warhammer Fantasy army for a long time. And they were big boys. They were big, uh, they were big thick guys shaped like bowling pins. I loved them. I was so excited. I knew I was going to start an army. Uh, and because I worked for the company, I got a hold of some of the models early on. And Grease's Gold Tooth was one of the first models I uh, <clears throat> I got to paint up for my shop's display cabinet. And it took fucking forever because Grease's Gold Tooth, the richest of the uh, the tyrants, is this giant, uh, very very large ogre guy dripping in jewels and finery, and he's being carried around by a raft of little goblin guys called Noblars, uh, which are very Brian Froud goblin types, okay? okay I'm putting in okay. words you guys so you can visualize it. And it took me forever that. to paint this big boy. Um, and oh, wow, I'm it looking was at really it right fun. now online. Yeah, that's a very detailed m- miniature. Yeah, there's a yeah. ton of details. So many gems and jewels and stuff I had to paint. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I painted that up for my shop's cabinet so that when it came time for me to paint one up for my own army, I was like, Fuck this. Uh, and never got around <laughs> to painting it. Instead, I focused on painting my limited edition store manager only Brog Slave Lord model. Uh-oh, that's right. I have a very unique Warhammer miniature in my cabinet. Fully painted, baby. Uh, we'll tell that story another day. Uh, about the Adeptus Mechanicus. So, guys, the Adeptus Mechanicus are part of the... Oh, wait. I'm running out of time. Okay, let's move on. Uh, I do have a question. With When there's a valuable Warhammer model, is it more valuable unpainted mint or is it more valuable if it's been painted? It kind of depends. I think I think it, you can probably get a little more if it's completely unpainted. But if you put out like a fair, like if you can put a professional paint job on it, it can be very uh, uh, valuable. But I think I feel like for something like that, if it's completely unpainted, especially new in box, it'll be worth more. I see. Okay, I'll remember that. Well, uh, I'm sure that was pretty interesting. I. I my brain shut down as soon as Warhammer. Now, I have a question: How would how would you rate? And this might be this might be uh, dipping into <laughs> into waters we want to cut. Uh, how would you rate Grease's Gold Tooth on the Rowling scale of anti-Semitic goblin stereotypes? Is it a full <laughs> Rowling where it's very anti-Semitic, or is it not? Or is it a zero on that scale where it doesn't have? He's 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 not obsessed with money. He doesn't have a long hooked nose. He doesn't speak in an alien language <sighs> that's ancient and no won't can understand. You know, it's it's tough warhammer is not known for having it's the best depictions of various things um okay. i would say i would say compared to one of my personal favorite uh old-timey warhammer armies that has been since discontinued the chaos dwarves who do have long hooked noses and curly beards uh, oh. and are evil uh uh but and they yeah. keep the sabbath on saturday yes <laughs> they do <laughs> um yeah i don't know it's uh you know it's fucked up. <laughs> That's good to know. I'm I'm starting to my my children are starting to get into the the types of culture where I need to explain things to them, and uh, I think they're slowly making their way into the larger world where they realize that that uh, Jews are a small portion of humanity. So uh, I'm, I was just I'm talking trying to, to Charlene about tell, this. Talk to them about it. Yeah, Charlene was saying that when she was growing up, and she'll yell at me when she hears this and I say it wrong, but um. The she was saying that when she was growing up, she just kind of assumed that like growing up in Brooklyn that like 
it was like ha- the world was half Christians, half Jews. Yes, yeah. And it is obviously not that case. Not the case. <laughs> Especially when you're fa- when you're young and your family is the group of people that you spend the most time around. You're yeah. like, oh yeah, there's a lot of Jews out there. There's a, a, one of my favorite stories from uh, my wife's old job in New York. She worked at a at a Jewish day school, uh, and she was talking. She was reading them a book about presidents that mentioned that there were no. There was only one Catholic president, and there had been no Jewish or Muslim presidents. And she and one and she said, "One of you in here, you maybe you'll grow up to be the first Jewish president." And one of the kids went, "Barack Obama's not Jewish." Like they just, <laughs> it it had never occurred to them. Amazing. Okay, so let us move on to the final segment in the show where we recommend movies that might be a better use of your time than tracking down. <laughs> This uh, Russian Polly Shore Pinocchio film. Here's the, and, here's here's one of the problems with the world we live in today, and it's a minor problem, but I'll say this: there are many great mm-hmm. movies that are unavailable to stream night, right now. Major companies are making them unavailable to stream. They're removing them from their platforms. They are too expensive to license or whatever. But Pinocchio. A True Story is available on Amazon. Every home in the world, I think, has ready access to rent it, which is ridiculous. That It's a easy access to this kind of low-rent yeah. foreign crap. And I shouldn't say foreign. There's, that's, that's nativist of me. But yeah. when there's many, there's many great films in the history of cinema that you just cannot see unless you get hold of an aging, rotting VHS tape or a, or a you know, falling-apart film strip. Yeah. Uh, and that's the yeah. biggest problem in the world today. <laughs> I mean, we sound like old cranks, but it's true. You know, don't <laughs> like this is why physical media is still. We're a movie valuable. podcast. We should be. We care about movies and shit. Yeah, yeah. that's why but we do exactly. this for fifteen years. Speaking of movies, I'd like to recommend a film that is new in theaters right now. It is called Barbarian. Oh I, shit! Let me close my ears. I saw. Well, no, I'm not going to say anything that will spoil anything because is there a the Barbarian thing is, in it? The, yeah. Well, <laughs> shut up, dude. Uh, shut <laughs> don't tell up. me anything. Don't tell me anything. The film is surprising on a number of levels and even that like when you hear that a film is surprising that affects your experience of it too so i don't want to say that much at all but i i found it uh consistently enjoyable scary and funny by turns um it 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 goes to some wild places but the beauty of it is it's set up very methodically where Everything along the way is done with a lot of patience and people making sensible choices for the most part rather than bad horror movie choices. And because it is so like well set up, the turns it does take later on, uh, you know, work because we have we have been appropriately grounded, but also that grounding experience is not boring it is tense and thrilling on its own so uh i just really enjoyed it if you like horror movies that uh are inventive i think you should support this if you like horror movies like look i'm not a person who is turning on quote-unquote elevated horror necessarily but i do think that that is a type of horror that uh people have figured out that's how you get critical acclaim uh but this is a smart well-made horror movie in a much earlier tradition i think of uh bizarre horror (laughs) that i enjoyed so if that's a thing that you like i say go out and support it uh i had a great time and that's all i would say about it I'm going to recommend a movie that is available on Shutter. Big surprise. 
Uh, I'm going to recommend a movie called Saloom, which is this great, uh, nice and short uh, movie about a trio of mercenaries who are attempting to extract a drug trafficker from a city that is undergoing a coup. And they end up getting stuck in a part of Senegal uh, and they need to escape. Uh, and it ends up being super tense. There's some supernatural elements, uh, but it all feels really grounded. And uh, it's, yeah, it's it's got some fun. It's got some like really good performances. And uh, if you like a little bit of like action movie and a little bit of, uh, horror stuff. It like it reminds me. It reminds me in parts of like a little bit of like a Pitch Black, a little bit of uh, of like Attack the Block, especially in the in the kind of monster design. It's really cool. So uh, if you're looking for kind of a nice, slim, uh, but impactful uh, action horror movie, uh, Saloon is great. And I'm going to recommend an old movie that's not in theaters now. Uh, I recently – this is one that had been an old favorite of mine. I hadn't watched it in probably at least 10 or 15 years uh, and watched it again recently, and that's The Lady Vanishes, uh, the Alfred Hitchcock movie that essentially uh, was one of the ones that got him uh, noticed by Hollywood. And uh, it's it's just such a fun kind of uh, funny but suspenseful but just kind of like – enjoyable uh, little mystery thriller. Uh, And I don't want to say too much about the plot, but you may know that it involves a woman who is on a train. She befriends an old lady. Suddenly the old lady disappears and everyone on the train for their own selfish reasons mostly refuses to admit that that old lady ever existed or that they ever saw her. And the young woman has to figure out what's going on. And I had forgotten that like the thriller elements don't start until very far <laughs> into the movie. Like the first yeah. 20 some odd or 30, minute, 30 minutes of the movie is just kind of like comedy at a small mountain hotel and yeah. uh, and the characters kind of bumping into each other, but it's still really entertaining the whole time. And uh, it's just a super um, satisfying kind of fluff of a movie. It's the kind of movie that I feel like something like um, Death on the Nile that we watched recently is trying, wants, should be, wants to be. Yes. Something that is like, entertaining kind of like um not silly to the point where you're like i'm not buying into this but silly to the point where you are not worried about the meaning of things and you're just having fun the whole time and it's one of the best movies set on a train people love trains it's the most romantic way to travel right dan mm-hmm. i mean our president loves trains that's for sure mm-hmm. i was thinking like celebrate the celebrate the recent calling off of a possible amtrak strike with the lady vanishes i was thinking man Was that the happiest Joe Biden has been as president? Where he's like, I get to resolve a train issue. Yeah. Oh, I I see. I, 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 to be honest, I assumed it was this. It was the hardest thing that he was like, not you two trains. You two Mm -hmm. are going to make life difficult. You two, like that. He felt betrayed. Yeah. I I hear that if you go into the the White House uh, DVD collection, you're like, I don't see snakes on a plane anywhere, but they do have snakes on a train. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting choice. Well, that was a that was a fun one, despite it being about Pinocchio, a true story. And uh, I feel I'd like, like to, it took us twenty minutes to get to the summary. Yeah, which we then breezed through <laughs> because there's not anything in it. But I had a a, a good time. Uh, thank you for uh, watching with me, and uh, thank you what? to our listeners for listening to us talk about. Dan, are you are you going to the Grey Havens? What's going on? No, I don't. You know, I'm just trying to be. I'm just trying to be nice. Uh, if Dan, you a, if you go to the Grey Havens, you have to fucking tell me. It's going to tear me apart, okay? I'll tell you ahead of time. 
Hey, listeners, before you go to the Grave Havens, go to iTunes and leave us a review to help spread the word about the show or uh, tweet about it or just, you know, old-fashioned talk to someone in person. Tell them that you love this podcast. Maybe IRL. It'll, maybe it'll help us TRL. a little. Or on TRL. Uh, you can follow the <laughs> Flophouse Pod on Twitter and the Flophouse Podcast on Instagram. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel that I have to get back to. I was doing little clips from shows for a while, and then that kind of fell off as I my life got busier again. But I will I will try to get back to it. Um, People don't remem- don't push Dan too much. He has a job. He's working. He needs to support himself. He'll you'll get your extra Flophouse clips on YouTube. Thank you. We, mm-hmm. We're we a member of Maximum Fun. Go to Maximum hey, Fun. Hey, 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 hey. Dan's trying Org. his best, okay? That kind of language is unacceptable. Yeah, Stop. calm down. Dan, don't, don't take it personally. Calm Thank down, you. sir. Sir, sir, I'm going to have sir. to ask you to leave. Sir, the episode's almost over. Sir, if you could just <laughs> hold it in. Sir, sir, mm-hmm. sir. Yeah. Yes, you can talk to my manager. You know what? I'm the manager. Sir, sir. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> we have to, you have to leave now. Wow, Elliot's a cooler. Please. Did you know that? You know, I, <laughs> you know, Maybe he's white knighting me, but I don't care because I, you know, I appreciate it. Sir, that's very... sir. Well, thank you, sir. That's very sweet of you, sir. Sir, I had no idea. <laughs> oh, well, sir. Mm. Well, sir, sir. Too sir, sir with Dan, love. You should end the episode. This is getting too adult. <laughs> I will go to maximumfun.org. Check out all the other great Max Fun podcasts. Thank you to our producer Alex Smith Howell Doughty on Twitter. That is H O W E L L D A W D Y. See what he's up to. Uh, thank you for listening to the Flophouse. I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Galen, and this is Sir. And we've got some big news, guys. I'll tell you after the show. Okay. Whoa. Hey, Dan, I'm surprised we managed to go through the whole summary and you didn't bring up those felonious goofs from the Pinocchio movie. Felonious goofs? Yeah, didn't weren't there goofs that were like, uh, there's a ton of sex in this movie or... Oh, yeah. Go to the IMDb page. Someone... They're not goofs. Someone had a little fun on the content warning section. Check it out. I like that. But Stu, you don't have Stu to take my in, word for it. <laughs> no. Go to your local library's computer and yeah. look it up. Look uh, at the goofs. Stu was the one doing the summary, but apparently this was Dan's responsibility to bring up. Well, he brought it to our attention in the text thread. Guys, we were I didn't ending. Wanna... <laughs> we almost jumped off the train. <laughs> Bye. Bye. You know, sometimes I find, it seems like Stuart might be in this state, I find that if I get less sleep, I'm temporarily in a much better mood than normal. Oh, interesting. And then it goes away. That's 100% true. Every time Dan is like extra sleepy or sick, people are like, wow, he was on fucking fire. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was, he was, he was burning up. He Much like the Hulk, this, my secret is I'm always tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that was the okay. Hulk secret, that he's always tired? <laughs> uh-huh. You know what I'm saying, Elliot. I, I know what you're referring to. It's something Mark Buffalo You said. got that reference. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. good-ass episode of podcast. Yeah, let's uh, start. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist-owned. Audience-supported.